We want to continue our series this morning, Spirit Fed and Spirit Led, because Christianity without the Holy Spirit is a powerless Christianity. Can you say amen this morning? So a powerless church and a powerless Christian will end up replacing purpose for programs. Give me some more programs. No, we don't need more programs. We need more power. Amen. We've seen around the world, I said a few weeks ago, that suicide, we are the second highest suicide rate in the world per, per capita. Our country, this country of South Africa, what causes that? Well, it's people that lose hope. They become disillusioned in their today. They become disillusioned in their tomorrow. And we have the keys. The church of Jesus Christ has the keys. We have to learn to become a powerful church. Can you say amen? So Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to preach Christ. To preach Jesus. Amen. The name that is above all names. Jesus. That name. Say Jesus. No, say it as if you believe it. Say Jesus. Say it. Yeah. Say Jesus. Yes. It's the name above all names. It's not a name we are afraid of. He's not called the man upstairs. Amen. When you speak to people that haven't been filled with the Spirit of God, and I don't criticize them. I was there. When you are afraid of that name. When you get into public places and they say, are you a Christian? You say, yes, I'm a believer. No, the Bible says you shall be persecuted for that name. It is the name above all names. Jesus, the name above all names. Don't be afraid to say Jesus in public places. Not to act spiritual, but it is a name. It pushes back every form of resistance there is. Amen. Because there is no other name by which man can be saved, but by the name of Jesus. Amen. Sometimes you don't even realize it. Just by speaking about Jesus unashamedly at work, you are busy impacting and affecting people's lives without even realizing it. People are listening to your word all the time. They're watching your life all the time. Can you say amen? So last week, Peter gets up to preach his very first sermon. A man who denied Christ without the Holy Spirit. You will be a lukewarm Christian. You'll be a religious Christian. You'll be a submarine Christian who comes out at your uh, religious meeting. You go to your church service. You attend your religious meeting. You are then a Christian. But when you leave that religious meeting and there's no one to, to sort of give you religious guidance because you're not led by the Spirit of God, we see many submarine Christians. They disappear from Monday to Saturday only to appear again religiously on a Sunday. But that's not what we do. We come to worship a living God. We come to praise a living God on a Sunday. We come to be fed by the Word of God and to be ministered to. So that we can go into the week, Monday to Saturday, and we can be impactful for God's kingdom. Can you say amen? So we see Peter denies Christ before a young girl when he was not filled with the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit is poured out and he's filled with the Spirit of God. And when they start to, the, the early church start to see that there's a manifestation of uh, the, 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 the Spirit of God on people's lives, they think that they are drunk and Peter gets up in a, in a boldness. The same man who was ashamed of Christ before now gets up and he boldly starts to preach. That's what the Holy Spirit will empower you to do. It'll give you the ability to preach prophetically. Not to be a prophet, but to preach prophetically. Because the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.19, we have the prophetic word. So if Jesus is the word, then we have the prophetic word. That means we are able to say Jesus. Just by saying Jesus in a public place, you are prophesying into someone's future. That's why every place your foot shall tread. Not just your foot shall tread because you are there physically. Because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with heaven's power. You must understand that when you are a business owner, when you are in a corporate place, 
Wherever you work, that's your function. It's not your purpose. Your function is to be in business. Your function is to be a doctor. Your function is to be a professional sportsman. Your function is to be a politician. So when you get to that place, a teacher, that is your function. But when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you have to understand that you've got the discernment of heaven in you. You can see things other people can't see. You can discern things other people can't discern. Because the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to be salt and light to other people. So when you walk into a place, we're not trying to be all important. We are walking into a place to affect that place for eternity. So when you sit in a board meeting, when you sit in a, at, a, at, a, at a staff room, when you're talking to a, a group of children in your class, you have the spirit of discernment on you because you are filled with the spirit of God. Not looking for sin, not looking for judgment, but to, to, to work to set people free. Because the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, says Jesus in Luke 4, 18 and 19. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. To set at liberty or to proclaim liberty to those who are captive. So you don't realize. But sometimes I feel captive, Pastor. Yes, you might feel like that. But you have a key. You can unlock freedom every day of your life by choice. We have to learn to exercise ourselves unto godliness. Your flesh will not feel like praying. Your flesh will not feel like wanting to open up your Bible. Your flesh will not feel like wanting to do the things that God wants you to do. But your spirit inside of you is designed and destined to worship God. And so you have to learn to give your spirit access, amen, to God who is spirit. We do that by choice. So sometimes in our wonderful city's traffic, I've told you this before, take that time and don't be frustrated, but make a decision and exercise yourself unto godliness. Like you exercise yourself into a degree, you go and study to show yourself approved and you go to a place and they put a little, uh, they don you with a cap and they put a thing on your head and they say, well done, we get an award and that's good. Or you go to gym, you keep your physique in shape, you exercise yourself to physical fitness, that's good. But the Bible says the same thing with your spirit. You have to exercise yourself to a spiritual place where you are able to walk in the authority of heaven, amen, on this earth. But we are called to be what? To be salt and light. So we can't be defeated people that are born again. And we're the ones always that are under the hammer. We are the ones always that are depressed. Yes, you will might, depression might want to come and sit on you. The sickness and disease might attack your body. But we have the keys. Amen. Oh yeah, this morning. So the Spirit of God is not something that's just a, a religious uh, a time in a meeting or a, a few moments before a service starts, we pray in the Holy Ghost. No, that you have to be able to use what we did this morning for from Monday to Saturday out there in the week. You have to learn to sit in your car on the way to a sales meeting. You have the authority. You're driving. You've prepared well for your sales pitch. But I'm not there for the sales pitch. I'm there to see what salt and what light I can be for God's kingdom. In that place, I walk by the spirit of discernment. Amen. That's what we are called to be as, as Christians. Not to be called these, these, these Christians with blinkers on. Because the Bible says when God's spirit comes upon your life, the scales fall off your eyes. And we can see things no one else can see. Can you amen say for ochen? So Peter says in Acts 2.33, he's talking to this group of people who are confused about seeing the manifestation of God's Spirit on people's lives. He says in verse 33, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, now he's being bold in his faith. He's got the gift of, of the Holy Spirit in him. He's now bold, unashamed of Jesus. He's standing in front of uh, thousands of people and he's preaching. 
That's what the, 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 the anointing of the Holy Spirit will do. It will give you the ability to preach. Not like a Sunday sermon that pastors might do around the world. That's part of it. But everybody's called to be a preacher. Everybody's called to represent Christ. Everybody's called to represent the name of Jesus in a public place. And outside of being filled with the Spirit of God, you will not be able to do that. You will shy away from that. You will be a submarine Christian. Yuri Peter standing in a place where a few chapters before that he denies Christ. Now he's filled with the Spirit of God. And instead of shying away like he did in the past, he now gets up and he boldly speaks about Jesus in front of everybody. And the Bible says that is a gift God gives you. He gives the church, a believer, the ability to preach Jesus like never before. So you've, you've called to go into your workplace and to preach Christ. Amen. To be salt and light. Can you say amen this morning? So he says, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, you can receive the Holy Spirit this morning. It is a promise given to every believer. The Bible says, which he poured out this, which you now see and hear. So when the Holy Spirit enters your life, two things. It should be seen and it should be heard. Not flaky, not judgmental, not that way that makes the world afraid of Christ. But it should be seen. You should see a change in a person's life. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I now take my family to church. I now make different decisions on Saturdays because Sunday is God's day and we go into God's house. So we have to cancel some meetings. We have to get to bed earlier on a Saturday. We, we, we bring our kids to kids' church. Why? And then after church on Sunday, we go onto social media and we take a selfie with our little pout movement. We do, and we take that, we post it onto social media and we tell everybody, what a great day in church today. Because we want our world to see. I'm unashamed of Jesus. Amen. Great day in church today. Not, not having to flatter the pastor or flatter the church. But are you willing to be seen? Is your faith, can your faith be seen by your friends? Are you willing to say we had an awesome time in kids' church today? Are you afraid of the name of Christ to your world? Because Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. Now, I don't put a heavy on you this morning, but I say to you, if you are filled with the Spirit of God, the Bible says you have the ability to preach in public places. You can stand up for Jesus and not be ashamed. Oh, you might be persecuted. Oh, you might be alienated. But Jesus says, hey, yes, good news. If they reject you, they first rejected me. If they hate you, they first hated me. So we don't hate people, but people might hate you. Why? Because that name will either be praised or it will be blasphemed. But you are a representation of that name. You carry the greater one inside of you. You are called to be salt and light. The Holy Spirit in you will give you words of wisdom, words of knowledge that you did not even know you were going to say before you got to that place. But the Holy Spirit spoke through you. It's a gift God gives the Christian. And you have to know how to walk in that. You have to know how to work in that. Sometimes you will say a sentence and you just, to you it's a sentence. But to the person receiving the sentence, it's a life-changing sentence. And you don't even know that. Why? Because God's Spirit is working through you. So He gets the glory. That's why we don't get the glory. We're not called to be glorified. We're called to have the greater one in us. And we give Him all the glory. Can you say amen this morning in this place? So this Christian walk, it's a walk of faith. It's a walk of life. It's a walk of light. Amen. So the Bible says what? It must be seen. It must be heard. So seen. People must see your faith. See a change in you. Amen. Oh, we still are humorous. We just clean up our jokes. So let's not need so fail on your squint. 
Don't lose your sense of humor as a Christian. Amen. Don't become a beige, bland, and boring Christian. Become a, if God put a great sense of humor in you, keep it, please. We want to laugh. There's a love to cry about. We want to laugh a bit. Make us laugh. So keep being funny. Just like I said, keep your jokes clean. Can you say amen this morning? But, but, but we need to hear. But people need to hear that there is a change in you. And that comes through prophetic preaching. Here's Peter. He's preaching. And he stands up unashamedly and he tells his world, he says, he says, you've missed God's offer of salvation in Christ. He tells them about the, 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 their purpose on this earth. That's what prophetic preaching does. It speaks to a person's purpose on this earth. It speaks to a person's future. It speaks to a person's eternal purpose. That's what you should be doing as a preacher. That's why religion will, will persecute sinners. They will, they, will, they will highlight sin. They will speak about drunk and ruach and all in the good. They will highlight sin because they don't understand that the Holy Spirit's function is to give you the ability to preach purpose into people's life. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you speak to a person's now. You speak to a person's life now. And you ask him, is your life in purpose? You can't do that outside of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So Peter's preaching. He says, you've missed the offer of salvation in Christ. You've missed it. You, he says, you guys took him, you, you put him on a cross, you murdered him. God sent him to come and offer you salvation. But instead of being saved, you've rejected him. So he's preaching boldly into their, into their situation. He says that you can go to heaven. That there is a reason why you're alive on this earth. That is why the suicide rate is so high around the world. Because people watch a lot of stuff on social media. And they haven't got enough Christians in their life to tell them that their life actually has a purpose. That your life is not meant just to uh, go uh, kill a few days and then uh, end, end your life when you're older. And that's it. They live and die and there's no reason for you being here. So we have to be a church that is a powerful church. That is a church that when you speak into someone's situation, you can talk to the person. How are you? Now I'm doing fine, thank you. The Holy Spirit says this person's not fine. You're just having a conversation. But in the conversation, the Holy Spirit's telling you exactly what's going on in that person's life. It's a gift. And we have to discern that. And then you have to have the boldness because prophetic preaching has the ability to talk to a person's now talk to a person's purpose and challenge them about the eternal future but then the Holy Spirit has the power to bring somebody to a valley of decision you are unable to bring a person to a valley of decision unless you're filled with the Spirit of God when you say to a person can I pray for you there's that decision can I lead you to Christ can I offer you salvation this morning do you want to receive Jesus in a public place what do you mean yeah yes yeah I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid of that name. Give me your hands. Come. When you discern the person's got sickness in their body, you put your hands on their head in a public place. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Bam. I have power. I'm not powerful. I'm full of power. I'm not powerful. But there is power in me. I put my hands on their head. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. That person doesn't understand nothing. They might be unsaved. You start to pray. I had Auntie Pat. I've told you before about Auntie Pat. Auntie Pat was our happy, clappy auntie that we all ran away from. But Auntie Pat would come to our house and she had a spirit of discernment. For some reason, she always came to my room because I used to make Satan afraid of the sin I used to commit. She walked into my room, sitting there, got my cigarettes, stuck away, smell like, uh, you know, when you smoke and you put deodorant on, you think no one can smell you. It smells even worse. And Auntie Pat walks in. I'm doing homework. I go, oh, Auntie Pat. 
there she comes and I'm, now you're acting all mathematical you haven't done homework for six months but now suddenly Pat's here and I'm, a, I'm an avid student I can't speak on the pad I must do my homework I'm running but you can run from God but when there is a spiritual person in that house the Holy Spirit is going to say walk down the passage go, go, go pray for that youngster down there he's full nonsense and she walks yes hello my boy Auntie Pat walks in how are you good Auntie Pat smile smile just you know homework done sorry I can't talk now homework homework Auntie Pat walks in she goes I just want to say my boy I want to pray for you okay Auntie Pat you don't know I'm unsaved I'm lost in sin but I the closest Jesus says when you go into a house he says look for the man of peace look for the person that's not resistant to the gospel he says start there he says, he says the, being, a, being a spiritual Christian, uh, uh, the Bible says it's being like a lizard. You, you look for a crack in a wall. He says like you, the, the lizard, one moment it's outside, it's baking in the sun, and it finds a crack in the wall, it goes through the crack, and it's eating with a king. It's on the inside of the house. And Jesus says the same thing. He says when you're filled with the Spirit of God, He says walk into a house. That's why we have home cells. That's why you must open up your house. Because you don't realize when you open up your house in a suburb, what happens is you, 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 you allow heaven's power to enter a suburb. The neighbor is busy with sin. They're busy with all kinds of worldly carnality. They, 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 they bound in so much things. And you decide to open up a home cell next to them. And you don't even know what's happening next to you. And when you start to worship God in that street, the fragrance of heaven starts to permeate over the fence. It can't be stopped. The Spirit of God is like the wind. It moves. But yet we, we go, another home cell, another Sunday service, pre-service prayer, tithing, Monday action night, home cell. I understand our flesh can get weary, but that's not why we're alive. So Auntie Pat would pray for me. She put her hands, never forget, she put her hands on my shoulders. And you don't realize it, but there's like a warmth that comes. I don't know. You can't describe it because you're unsaved. Last night, there was a warmth of Captain Morgan. Now it's Auntie Pat's anointing. She prays. You don't realize it. Don't worry about their reaction. You don't worry about that. You just be obedient to a heavenly call. You just be discerned. Sometimes some of you sitting with your at family meetings and the Holy Spirit says to you, talk to your uncle. Talk, and you no, no, he's a rich uncle. You, that uncle might be rich financially, but he's poor spiritually. And you've got the power. Uncle John, Uncle Jack, Uncle Tabu, can I pray for you? I have my God. I don't ask you that. I ask you, can I pray for you? Uh, because they will resist. They will think, who are you to pray for? Them? Who are you? You're a youngster. What do you know? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit just told me to pray for you. I don't know. But what I do know is I need to pray for you. So when you pray, it's not you praying the intellect. It's the Spirit of God in you. So the Pat would put her hands on my shoulders. Father, I thank you bring Aiden to you just she's praying what is God busy doing he starts to just knock on the heart the door of your heart you just money on business was I saved every time on the pad came to us no but God starts to work he starts to he starts to work he starts because you did not choose me but I chose you I came looking for you the prodigal son the father's waiting to see who will come who will come I stand at the door of your heart I knock but we think, I'm, gonna, I, I'm so in my intellect, I'm so in my, in my mind, in my soul, in, in control. Because if I surrender, if I show any vulnerability, it's weakness. But Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul says, not weak physically like I, do, I run away from my responsibility. 
But when I'm weak to my own intellect, when I'm weak to my own plans for my life, and I'm willing to allow God to enter my life by faith, how do I do that? By faith. I don't understand everything. Auntie Pat would pray. So we don't even know the impact. I've told you before, my mother, I would be lying with a hangover in my bed. My mother would be praying in tongues. You don't have to condemn your, ki- your kids, but you are responsible spiritually towards the, the upkeep of your, of your family. And so we don't realize the power of the Holy Spirit. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? It's not to act spiritual in church on Sundays. I make us pray in the Holy Ghost this morning and it might put fear into some of you. It might confuse some of you. I'm not trying to do that this morning. I want you to hear that there is a different language you can pray in. Because the Holy Spirit must be seen and heard. Not to confuse you. We don't pray in, preach in tongues. We preach in the intellect. We preach in the understanding. But you need to understand when you stand in a place, you don't realize. That's why when we come together as home cells, we can't water down Christianity light. Because there's two visitors, they might be offended. <laughs> you don't know. It's the Spirit of God that sets people free. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He has anointed me. I don't anoint myself. I didn't call myself. I didn't choose myself. But when I speak, Jesus... I've told you before, I had a year in function, we have this big hotel and this guy across the, the table was telling us about his property acumen and his property portfolios and how many houses he had. And I'm sitting at the, this year in function and the Holy Spirit, I'm just minding my own business and the Holy Spirit says to me, ask this guy, what does it help? He gains all the houses of this world, but he loses his soul. I'm going, time out, there's not a year in function. There's free brandy and free food and why? The people, the world's having fun. That's not time now, Holy Spirit. And he goes, do you think you're here for a year in function? you think I put you this chair across that guy for yourself? I put you here because I knew he was going to be here tonight. Now you open your mouth and you ask him the question. We're led by the Spirit of God. So will you be obedient to your heavenly call? At times, that's all the Holy Spirit. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't judge you. God judged his son. So that all sin can be taken care of. But you need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to be bold. And the Holy Spirit gives you the boldness. So I say to this man, I say, can I ask you a question? I mean, here comes Jeffrey, party pooper 101. You think? Can I ask you a question? Yes. He thought I'm going to ask him, how do I buy a house like you? How do I get your investment advice? I said, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. I said, you've had a great year. Yes, you've done well. Yes. I said, but can I ask you a question? What does it help you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? I said, can I ask you a question? What are you going to do with all these houses if you die tomorrow? Now, I'm just speaking. I didn't plan that. I was driving to a year in function, minding my own business. Because when Moses went to deliver a whole nation from Israel, from slavery, he said, what am I going to tell them? He said, tell them the great I am sent you. Because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So when you represent Christ, the I am is in you. I am already bold. I am already representing Christ. Don't worry what you're going to say. You just speak. The Bible says Paul is in chains and King Agrippa, they call him in and they mock him. Having a fat party. The, the, there's, there's all kinds of action and, 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 and lewdness and sexuality and perversion and they're, having, they're getting drunk and they Paul's in prison for his faith. And they said, bring out that Christian guy. Let's speak to that Christian guy. Let's hear what this guy's all about. And they bring him out. Paul comes in chains and he walks and he stands in front of Agrippa and the whole political entourage they have the power to kill him right there and he's the bible says what he speaks to them about righteousness about the judgment to come he represents christ he preaches jesus to them and the bible looks and he says suddenly i can picture i'm a creative thinker 
I can imagine suddenly everyone's making a noise. There's music, but there's one or two people they're listening. Because Nicodemus, he would see and hear. But he was afraid because he's not filled with the Spirit of God. So he comes to Christ at night. When you get that inbox and, and, and Facebook, that's the guy. He's afraid of his family, so inboxes you. Talk to him. Speak. You have the Spirit of God. And so Paul preaches. And they look at it and said, Paul, that was quite a good spiel. That, that was quite a good a, a sermon. That I like that. You almost convinced me. And Paul's reply, because he's not the Savior. He's just the messenger. I'm not the Savior. I'm just the messenger. You're not the Savior. You're just the messenger. And Paul's reply is, well, at least I wasn't disobedient to my heavenly call. And he goes back into jail. Now, we don't know. It's not for us to say. The woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. It's not for us to say. We are just there to preach the gospel. But it's without the Holy Spirit, you can't preach. You can't be led by the Spirit of God. You can't, you can't understand. Because Paul writes at one time and he says this in closing this morning. He says this. Talks to the church. And he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, he says, oh, what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it. Isn't that so typical of the world? It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus, be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master without the inside of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere. But God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, preaching, distinguishing between the Spirit's discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin. But they are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. I want you to understand this morning that Jesus, the Bible says, is Spirit. God is Spirit. And the true worshippers worship in Spirit. So what is Paul saying? Paul says a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. It's not the wisdom of a book in a degree. That's, that's, that's human knowledge. We're speaking about God's will for your life. Heaven is a place where Christ has been uh, uh, seated at. He's, he's, he's ascended into the right hand of the Father and He's seated in heavenly places. He sent us a helper, the Holy Spirit. So when you get a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, it's heaven prompting you to say something to someone because that person prayed a prayer last night or said something a week ago or asked a question and God knows exactly who they are. So when you go to a place, God's going to speak through you like He did with Ananias to Saul. He said to Saul, Ananias, there's a man that's in a place. I want you to go there. I want you to pray for him. And I want you to lay your hands on him. And I want you to, him to receive the Holy Spirit. And Ananias said, but how can I go there? You know, it's Saul, the guy who murders people. But he was obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And he went to Saul's house. And the Bible says he was blind for three days. He laid his hands on him. And the Bible says Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
So when you read about biblical greats, Peter preached his first sermon. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do great things for God's kingdom without the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be a generous Christian when it comes to tithing and offerings. Because the Holy Spirit must convince you that it's, it's, it's biblical. But if the church has to force you to give, it's not the Spirit of God. You have to give by faith. You have to serve by faith. You have to come back every Sunday by faith. You have to wake up in the morning and walk by faith. Why? Because you're filled with the Spirit of God. You have to look at your circumstances and say, this is not my destiny because I know how to hold on to the promises of God. Is it easy? No, with man it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So Paul says what? He says, the gift of faith. We have a measure of faith. All of us have a a measure of faith. But then there's certain things you have to do in your life and you won't have the ability to do it outside of the gift of faith by the Holy Spirit. He gives you a a gift of faith for a few months, six months to finish that project. Pastor always says that when he built the building in Pretoria, he says he wasn't sure where the money was going to come from. He says, and suddenly God gave him a gift of faith. He went into a board meeting and all of his board members said, it's not the right time to build now. One member of his board said to him, let's go and take a loan from the bank. And he said, no, but God told me he will provide the cash. And he says, that's, that's what people do because you need the gift of faith. So sometimes you go to people, you ask them, what do you think? And they give you their opinion and it might not be wrong, but they're not in faith when they say it. So you go, well, I've got four different opinions. I'm not sure what to do. And God gives you a gift of faith. It's not yours. It gets, it's, you wake up one morning, you go, we're going to do it. We're going to step. There's the gift. And that gift stays and it stays and it stays. And you work it, you work it, you work it. And bam, it's broke, breakthrough. And when you break through and the building's open, boom, the gift's taken away. Now you walk on your measure. That's the Spirit of God. Businessman. A word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. I spoke to a businessman last week. He said, Pastor, he said, there's a big shortage of product for my, my company. There's a big shortage of, of, of uh, a certain item out of China because of the virus and lockdown. And, and, and they've, they've, they've fallen behind. And I, I've, I've got a half a million rand deal. He says, but I can't supply hardware because there's no parts from China. Now, what do you do? Do you think, well, God's not in this? And the first thing I said to him was, I said, Let's ask God for a word of wisdom. Let's ask God for a word of knowledge. Because we have that ability. Driving your car. Father, I thank you this morning. As you're going to work. You've got a massive crisis to face. You've got a massive decision. You don't know what to do. You, you're bound. You, 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 you've got no options. But heaven knows exactly what the answer is. And you've been filled with that spirit. You can ask God for a word of wisdom. Jesus, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. Cast your net out on the other side. A word of knowledge. A word of wisdom. Bam. You're driving your car. The Holy Spirit says, phone this person. Phone them. When you phone the person, you talk to the person. Hi. Um, 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 you don't know why. Just phoning. I'm making small talk. Bam. He asks you a question. It leads to something. Something. Bam. Three calls later. There's the answer. We are led by the Spirit of God. Are you getting something this morning? Standing feet with me all over this place. Look at your husband or wife next to you. Say, everything is going to be okay. Say to your wife or husband, say, I told you so. It's normal to to worry. It's normal to doubt. Final scripture verse, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. The Bible says this. But as, as it is written, it's not written on Facebook. It's not written on YouTube. It's not written in the newspaper. It's not written on Google. It's written in God's word. Eye has not seen your natural eye. 
nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God, say but God. Say but God. Say but God. Say one more time. Say but God. <laughs> they told me I'm going to go bankrupt, but God. They told me I'm going to go under, but God. They told me I'm going to die with my sickness, but God. They told me I'm going to lose, but God. They told me I won't get the deal, but God. But God. Has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. It's not Google search. It's Spirit search. Yes, the deep things of God. So Peter says what? He says, so they said, what must we do? He preaches a sermon. And the response to his preaching was, what must we do? That's, then you know you are preaching the gospel. When people ask you, what must I do? What you said right now, I've never heard something like it in my life before. And it wasn't even you speaking. It was the Spirit speaking through you. What must I do? What does he say? He says, repent. Repent. That's how we change. That's how we receive everything. What does repent mean? It means return to God. The word pent, root word, penthouse. Ever seen a penthouse in hotels on the top? He says, return to the penthouse. Return to the high place. Return to the place where God looks down. Jesus went up to the mountain. He, didn't, he went down into the abyss to go and save those who were in hell. But he goes up to the mountain. It's the upward call of Christ. It's a look, he looked up into heaven and blessed the food. He didn't look down. Satan said, jump down this cliff. Satan wants to pull you down. God wants to take you up. So he says what? He says, return to the penthouse. He says, return. Come to the high place. Right now you're in a low place. Depression has got you to grovel. But I want you to repent. I want you to change your mind. Are you here this morning? I know the service has taken a different turn today. That's great because the Holy Spirit is in control. We're going to worship for a few moments. And I'm going to ask you for a few, for, to do me a favor. I want you this morning to repent. Pastor, but I'm born again. I don't ask you if you're born again. I'm asking you to repent. Repent of the fact that you think that it's impossible. The fact that you're doubting God. The fact that you're not in a place of faith any longer because you're in a place where you are standing still. Repent this morning. And you return to the high place. You return to the penthouse. You come up to where God is. And you look down on your circumstances. You say, hey, everything looks clearer from up here. Amen. You spend a few moments this morning. And if you stay in this place today and you say, Pastor, I want this power. I want this, I want this, this ability to walk in the Spirit realm of God. I want this discernment. The Bible says you have to receive it. You have to receive it like a gift, like a free gift. Amen. Let's worship God for a few moments. And I want you this morning, you lift both your hands this morning. Forget your husband, forget your wife. And you repent. And by that I mean the times of refreshing may come. Because your greatest days are still ahead of you, Christian. Your greatest days are still ahead of you. They're online. I'm telling you this morning, your greatest days are still ahead of you. But you return to the penthouse. You come up to the high place. And you worship a living God this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.